0: Really quick, I'm Lisa from The Lisa Show, and we're just doing this thing about where we're talking about a slump. Have you ever been in a slump before where you just kind of feel off? Nothing major is wrong?
1: Uh, yeah. I feel like I do. I would say I'm in a slump most mornings. I'm tired. Sometimes a little grumpy, who knows? It depends on the day.
2: I think it happens to everybody, you know. (laughs) It's hard to get up, it's hard to get out of the house, it's hard to walk up the stairs at work, it's hard to do all of it.
3: Sometimes there's an inciting incident, but also usually when I just kind of don't change, when I start just falling into routines. Again, you get into a slump, you just start doing nothing, comfortable.
1: Life gets
0: easier if we figure it out together. Welcome to the Lisa show. Welcome to the Lisa show. I get accused of a lot of things and I think one of them, personally, is that maybe I have a little bit more energy than most people. I like to go, go, go. I like I'm interested in a lot of different things and I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that. And and Along with that is I tend to look on the bright side of, of things. I have been accused, of course, many times of being a, a Pollyanna. Uh, and I I don't apologize for that. I like that. But I do think that it would surprise a lot of people to know that I do find myself getting into a slump from time to time. And, you know, I'm not talking about a depressive state or a state of anxiety or, you know, PTSD or anything like that. But I just mean like feeling off, feeling uninspired, just feeling like, whoa, now what? And kind of going through the motions. And it's really made me curious about why that happens when it does, right? I always want to figure out, well, what's the problem? How can we solve it? And is it solvable, especially when they're doesn't seem to be a particular pattern to it. You know, I can remember a time when I was caring for five small children and I would go in day in, day out, kind of like Groundhog's Day, just repeating the day like, oh, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're waking up and we're taking care of needs and changing diapers and a bunch of Cheerios, you know, we're feeding them and picking them up and, (laughs) you know, and washing babies and taking care of kids. And it would just go over in a cycle. And I remember in that like certain periods of feeling sort of uninspired, like, oh, my gosh, I'm always so tired. And I wonder um, if I'll ever feel just sort of passionate and excited about it like I have been. And 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 so that certainly is an experience. But what about when there's nothing wrong or there's nothing s- intense or nothing has really changed? It just sort of hits you. And, and whether it's a An emotional slump or a physical slump, professional or personal, it doesn't matter, but just where you feel that, where you just feel blah or uninspired or just not that, like, sort of energy and excitement for life or for your situation. I'm really curious about this because I know that creatives talk about it in different terms. Like, I have friends who are professional musicians or artists or writers who deal with that with periods of feeling like they're in a slump of some sort. And I want to understand really exactly what is a slump? Is it different than feeling creatively stuck? Is it different when it's personal or professional? Is it different when it just affects you or it just feels like we're all collectively in a moment of having just blah feelings? And how do you get out of one? So when I am going through something, I think a lot of times, yes, I'm looking for answers. I'm also looking for a little bit of validation, I think, like a lot of us. And so that's why I have called a session of Council of Moms here, here. you're here. We're all called. Present. Thank you. (laughs) And present is Emily Campbell, Lindsay Clark, and
4: Michelle McCulloch. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. It's so fun.
0: You know, I was thinking the other day that I feel like I can feel in the air this collective, everyone's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> how you doing? <sighs> you know, and and you sort of feel it in the air. I certainly feel it in myself. I call it a slump where you just don't feel like you're working at maximum capacity or you just feel like something's off. And it's not necessarily like a tragedy or something super intense, but just sort of off. So first question is, is I just want to know, how do you know you're in a slump? How do you identify it?
2: Oh, I live in a slump. Maybe I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, is this where you? Live? This is I'm where sorry. I've been living
2: for a while. No, 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 that's not true. I, I, yeah, it's hard to direct. I think you just when you're feeling the mm, the whole weight of the world with no change. When you know you need to come up for air, maybe a little self care, a little change in train. I
4: don't know. What do you guys? How do you know when you're in a slump? Uh tiredness. Mm. Like I think I run on tired. Like some people run in slumps. And so I can get through it. But there are some times where it's like a new level and you're like, oh, I have no energy for this.
3: Am I the
1: only one? No, like in your bones. Yes. It's like tired in your
4: bones. Yes. And your soul. Like your soul is tired. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I think I can like stay busy with oh, there's this new book I want to listen to. Oh, there's this new show I want to watch. Oh, I'm gonna go do this. I'm gonna go buy this oh, I'm going to get that spray tan. I mean, I can just get <laughs> yeah, real excited uh-huh. about, you know, real goofy things. Um, but sometimes those things, they don't work. I don't know if there's like a secret recipe, but sometimes it's like I just need, I just need a couple days to be in my slump. Yeah. It's so funny to hear you talking about that,
0: about how it's just such a collective thing where you're like, nope, you can tell, and that you do have sort of your go-tos to try to snap you out of it. But I'm wondering if you can tell me about a time that you were in a slump and you remember getting out of it and how it did work.
1: Hmm. I have one, I think. I mean, after having my fifth child. And so, you have seven, Lindsay. And I have seven. I mean, there's always a slump, period, definitely, after having those kids. But I tried a new form of exercise, And I suddenly was excited about workout gear. Mm. (laughs) I was excited about getting new workout clothes. And I worked out with my husband, which is something I had never done. And it was like a whole new world. It was so exciting. And that was like a total change for me. It was really fun. But then my next baby, same thing, did the same thing. Changed up the workout. It didn't work. Mm. So it's not the answer. But it worked one time.
0: <laughs> That's a good point, though. It worked it? one yeah. time. Okay. Well, because you always have to change it up. And yeah. I think if you're expecting that, then it's a little bit more encouraging than like, why isn't this working?
4: Right. Yeah, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I,
2: I think a change in routine is important. Um, w- and whatever it is, right? I can think of sometimes I do feel the slump often because at my house, we have three kids of really broadly different ages one who's disabled and needs round-the-clock caregiving. And so it's easy to get in the slump of just the daily, like, monotony and the grind. And every once in a while, I'll either, like, start a new uh, exercise thing, like Lindsay said, either, like, okay, I'm going to go hike in a new place, or I'm going to go to the gym with—invite a friend or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it works sometimes, right? And sometimes it doesn't. I have learned for myself, though, sometimes I need to give myself just a little time to stay in the slump. Is that okay? I'm not talking, Mm -hmm. like, months or anything, but, like, sometimes I can feel myself where I'm like, you know what, I need to rest, maybe say no to some things, some social things or some commitments. I need to kind of just regroup, maybe just be at home with my kids for a minute. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes for me, I need to, like, play with my kids, spend some time alone with my kids, have no expectations, just be with them. That's helped me before, especially with my youngest.
1: Yeah, well, and when we know that other women we all struggle with going through a slump. Then it normalizes it. It makes it feel like, oh, is this just part of life? I guess we're not always supposed to be riding high. Like it's a normal thing. It's a normal groove. And so then it does give you like kind of that wiggle room of, Mm -hmm. of just being a little more like nice to ourselves. Like don't worry, get out of it. I got to get out of this. Yeah. What's wrong with me? I should be able to you know, work my way out of this. Usually this works. Like just be okay with it. It's a normal part of life. You'll get out of it and it's okay. Right. Right. Totally. I think sometimes for me, the slump
4: comes when I feel disconnected with hope. So like if there's something weird going on or in the world, hypothetically speaking, or Mm -hmm. in our homes or something, then there's that moment where you're thinking, I don't know. I don't see the end of this, right? Mm -hmm. I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel for this. But I think that you hit the nail on the head because I was always thinking through different slumps. I thought, well, that time I got out by this and that time I got out by that. And there's not like a book. It's like when you're in a slump, you do mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But I think for me, I go through different things like, okay, what does my body need? What does my brain need? What does my mind need? What, what kind of spiritual connection do I need? What kind of friend connection? And then I can kind of go through and say, okay, well, I'm, I'm missing X, Y, or Z and no what needs to come in, but I wish it were the same every time and I could just have my go-to slump remover, you know, Uh like a stain remover that is ready to go, but... I'd buy it, right? I'd do
0: the wacky commercial. Yeah, for sure. For sure. (laughs) (laughs) One time I outsourced my sort of slump kind of... uh, We can do that? Well, I tried to. I I asked my sister Gina to be in charge of me. Oh, I You know, obviously it it was after, like, my husband died and I was feeling... But it, it was enough time that things had settled down into a new routine and I was functioning and having healthy habits and just was like, no, uh, uh-uh. uh, just mm-hmm. not feeling it. And so I ran out of ideas. Like, honestly, I'm like, I'm exercising. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping a routine. I'm drinking water. <laughs> I'm <boring." laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to like buy new clothes and, mm-hmm. and listen to new books and read books and find a new show. All this stuff that yeah gets you like excited. And uh, just kind of felt like that. And I just said to her, I don't know, maybe you should be the boss of me. You know, which is something that you obviously threatened since we were kids. Like, you're not the boss of me. You can't tell me what to do. And then I just came to her like... Gina, I want you to be the boss. Of, like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell how me my, what you She's do. like, okay, well, why don't we go on a hike? Mm-hmm. We're going to go on this big, long hike. We're going to do this. It's going to be fun, you know. And mm-hmm. just she kind of tried to pump me up. I mean, I guess that is sort of uh, phoning a friend for help, you know. And, I think and, that's
2: great to get out of a slump, yeah. though. Sometimes I feel like, what have I not done lately that I that usually does, you know, get me out of it or bring mm-hmm. me joy? And hanging out with friends is a huge one. You know, like, oh, have I spent any time with my friends? Have we had a, yeah, a belly laugh lunch date or a long hike or uh, a day at the pool or whatever it is, right?
0: I think that's huge. I think it's huge. Don't you have those friends that you talk to who you haven't seen for a long time where they're just like, well, things are too busy and I just don't have time for friends anymore. Mm -hmm. Like I've had conversations like that over the years and they've never sat well with me. Right. Yeah. Because I feel like, it makes sense intellectually, like there are so many hours in the day and you need to have a relationship with your family first and how you support your family and that can be your job. And so sometimes I think friends can fall by the wayside, but I feel like that's the opposite advice of like how you need right? What friends you need. Friends are so right.
1: important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, They are. I mean, they can bring us out of that slump. For me, it's, it's just laughing. I love mm-hmm. the deep talks, mm-hmm. but sometimes I just want to laugh and that's all I need. Another thing I was thinking is, I Mm -hmm. think we really, really love to beat ourselves up. We love it. We love to just kind of carry that baggage around and, like, oh, I'm in my slump again. And I mean, how can we not do that anymore? How can we just make this more, it's just normal life? Don't beat yourself up over it.
0: I will beat myself up. I'll think
1: you're being lazy. Like, Mm -hmm.
0: I, 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 I put a little bit too much emphasis, this is something that I'm working on, about productivity Mm -hmm. for my worth. Like, look at how much I accomplished today. Like, even if I felt horrible, I did XYZ. You know, I make those Mm -hmm. lists so I can cross them off. I add things to my list at the end of the day so it looks more impressive (laughs) to (laughs) myself,
4: (laughs) like a crazy
0: person.
3: Uh (laughs) Uh Totally
4: normal. People do it all the time.
0: (laughs) Right? Because I need the little jump in my heart of like, look at how, look you you might have felt horrible, but mm-hmm. look at what you did while you felt bad. Like, yeah, and, and I kind of beat myself up, mm-hmm. even if I'm in a slump, instead of saying, well, what, you know, why mm-hmm. are you in a slump? What What is it that you need if you feel off? What's so horrible about resting? I
2: don't know. Maybe it's gr- when we were young. It seems like growing up, I know, like my parents both worked full time and uh, productivity, like you said, was a huge deal at our house and not wasting time. Use your time wisely. Be productive. Don't be lazy, and so I feel like that has been ingrained in my brain for decades. Right, for a generation of if you've got time to sit and watch a show, you've got time to mop the floor, you mm-hmm. know. And I had to, I've had to kind of unlearn that, and I think my children have done that for me. Um, being a caregiver means that my time without my kids is so precious, and if that means I need to sit and watch, like. Four hours binging a show. Mm-hmm. I have finally, at in my forties, given myself permission to be like, I can do this. I, it's okay. I'm allowed. I'm a grown up, and I get to do what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. And I need it. It's not just me being lazy. I need that. I need to like shut my mind off, shut my body down, just regroup well because
0: your life cuddle. is so intense it's very intense it and is and high stakes yeah. especially caring for yeah. your-
2: and when my kids aren't home that's like that's is, that is precious unwind time to me. And I and I always think like well when they're here, you know, I still could vacuum and mop, You know, but I but when they're here I cannot relax and lay down and you know, whatever. So yeah, you have to prioritize that. No, I didn't I didn't learn like I mean, I think my mom took care of herself and she was a good exerciser and she's and uh, like mentally one of the most healthy people that I know, but I didn't see her modeling like I need a day to myself or I need a few hours to myself um for whatever reason. Maybe cuz she did work full time and so she was out of the house all day that probably was great for her, you know?
1: Don't you think it's so good for our kids to see? Uh-huh, like for, for our sure. kids to see us say, "I am in a slump. Like yeah. I need a break."
2: And to have it be okay. And it's
1: totally yeah. okay. And they don't
2: have to be afraid, "What's nope. wrong with me? Why am I lazy? Why do I not want to do anything?" No, you just How need to take care of yourself for refreshing a Refreshing.
1: Yeah. For kids to see like, "Oh, I remember my mom feeling this yeah, way." Yeah. For sure. Oh, so I'm not crazy. Right. I'm not. It yeah, took this me so long to think that
2: that it was okay. Like And I think I could hear, like, in my mind, my parents or my dad being like, hey, why don't you clean that up while you're sitting there or, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, no, be quiet. This is a time for me to just relax, you know. But I think that's helpful in a slump is to just give yourself some time. Like you said, just be patient with yourself and
4: let it happen.
2: It's okay. Yeah just don't stay there for six months. you know.
1: uh. (laughs) For
4: sure. I think that that's one of the challenges that we have is that sometimes I'm in a slump simply because I can look around and see that everything in my life is working okay. Like life is fine. Like I can look around and say, "My, my kids are generally happy. They're not perfect, but they're happy. And things in my life are good or business is good and I'm happy. And yet I still feel a little bit of unfulfillment in some way, shape or form, which is really weird because I'm doing things that I love. But I think that I think that for some people, they may not have some of those thoughts or feelings. But I think that we start to feel slump- slumpy when we look at other people and go, "She never slumps." What's wrong it's, with me? Oh, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. I, I'm slumping. But what? Mm-hmm. But does that mean there's? And I don't think there's anything wrong. I think that we all go through times. It's kind of like I was expressing to someone else, like I have lots of friends, but there are still times I feel alone,
1: mm-hmm.
4: right? And I have really great things that are going on in my life, and there are sometimes I still still feel. Slumpy. And I think that's okay. And I think the challenge that we get is the expectation that we shouldn't feel that way or that there's something wrong with us if we feel that way and just saying, okay, it's all right, acknowledging it for what it is. And sometimes for me, when I think through different times in my life where there have been slumps, I can tell that something needs to change. It's an acknowledgement that not, not even something big, but just something little that just says, okay, get back into yourself, get back to who you are and make sure you're doing things for the right reasons and not because you should be doing them. Mm. I get into a lot of should slumps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, a should slump. Mm -hmm. Oh, specific slumps. That could be very
1: helpful. For
0: sure. Like knowing which kind of slump Mm -hmm. you're in.
1: Well, and here's a question that you guys can help me answer is, um, you know, sometimes I don't know what I like to do. I think I've kind of lost myself in motherhood for many years. I know I like to exercise. But that can be a two-edged sword because— that kind of is wrapped up in some mental body issues and and sometimes that's not a relief and a fun thing for me, right? And so mm-hmm. I have to do something different than exercising and I don't know what that is. And it causes me frustration because it's like, this is so lame. I don't even know what my own hobbies are. I don't even know what I like to do. And I've talked to a few friends that feel the same way. And I don't know if you guys have ever felt that way or if you have like ideas, but it's it's like a, a scary place to be sometimes of like not knowing. I don't even know what I like to do. I, I don't I, even know what to do right now. I think that is such a
0: great vulnerable question to ask because sometimes that feeling of a slump is you just feel off, right? And yes, life gets busy and especially like you just said, you get lost in motherhood. And part of that is you are growing and changing too, Mm -hmm. just like your kids. Mm -hmm. And so if you're responding to their needs and you haven't responded to your own, maybe part of that feeling of feeling off is maybe we do need to get a little bit more specific. You know, are, are you, do you have too many shoulds? In your, in your mind? Are you just bone tired? Or is there this like sort of pull or ache to discover something new mm-hmm. or to be a little bit more inspired? Those are different right. questions. right?
1: Those are two different things. Am I needing to find that next step in life, that next thing I do? Or am I needing to cut myself some slack and say, it's okay if you mm-hmm. don't have your thing it's okay if you just want to watch a show for a little bit. But those are two very different, very like, different feelings that yeah. we could all wrap up in the same thing of,
0: oh, I just feel off. I just I feel slumped. That's saying, a good question. I think yeah. that's another reason why friends
2: are vital because that, that's how, that helps you find the things that you're passionate about or the things that help you in your slump, right? Or things that you really like to do that you don't even know you like to do.
1: Like I, your friends have giving you new oh, hobbies sure. for sure. Really?
2: Um yeah, for sure meeting new people or friends of friends and what they're into and things that they like and it branching out. We don't do that as like moms so much do we? I mean as as teenagers and stuff I feel like the kids do cuz they do what kids at school like to do and meet other people and do things but like I don't know as grown up moms we kind of get stuck in our In our little circle of people that like all the same things we like and Mm -hmm. to do the same things we do or live in the same place we do. And, yeah, I think traveling is a good thing for that. And friends. I think friends make you
0: accountable. And so I wish we could normalize not only slumps but also just expressing our dreams or our thoughts without feeling so much pressure. You know, like, oh, you know, (laughs) I've— I have been telling people for about, I don't know, maybe 10 years now, I'm so embarrassed to admit this, that I really want to learn how to weld. Like, I want to do, like, 3D art. And I want to see, you've heard me say that. And the reason why I say it is because I I, I think I was so worried, like, what am I going to do when... you know, I'm no longer taking care of Chris. Or what am I going to do when I'm no longer taking care of little children? Or, you know, these things, like these big life changes, it's like I could have anticipated it. And I thought, you got to find new interests and hobbies. And so I'm like, (laughs) I'm interested in that. Or you know what I'd love to do someday is, you know, dot, 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 whatever it is. I think that accountability to your friends, your friends are like, you should do Mm-hmm. It makes it more likely for you to do it now. and and here's the thing. I haven't even tried it yet, but I've sure talked about it a mm-hmm. lot. I've sure watched a lot of YouTube <laughs> That's videos the first step. about it. come on it. and and imagined in my mind and dreamed in my mind of like the things that I would like to create to the point that it has really entertained me <laughs> personally. <laughs> so it's not like a total loss, but it feels like that little glimmer of hope of your life's not yes. over. You still have things to look forward to and yes. to hope for. Which I think, and when I hear you talking about like that, that's what you're looking for. You're just looking yep. for a glimmer of that. Of like, what else could I is there do?
1: Something mm-hmm. else out there? Am, am I, I into? good at something? For yeah. sure, what I believe can I in like? you. I think yes. you should. I don't be in know a what Hallmark it is yet, movie. but yes. I
0: believe in you. I think she Thank should be you. in a Hallmark movie. I think oh, she should yeah. start acting. That's I my do. life. That's goal. my thing. This is what <gasps> I'm is saying. Really? No, <laughs> I. Re- anyway, we could. Lisa has goals for you. Come on. I have goals Thank for you. you Lisa. <laughs> do you want me to be the boss of you? Uh,
1: yes. No, you know what I want from you? I yeah. want you to do a slump removal ad. Already yes. oh, set, go.
4: <laughs> what would it
0: be? Oh, first of all, we need a little jingle, you know. Dealing in a slump.
4: Get out of the slump. Dealing in slump. Get out of the slump. Slump removal. Slump.
0: Slump. Slump. removal. Yes. I don't know. Something. We got to workshop it. Okay, okay. Yeah, but I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it it's, uh, opens up on a a bone tired mom. <gasps> uh-huh. That know, could the, be me. The camera pulls out mm-hmm. to uh, you know reveal the the chaos in the room. And Disorder. what is she wearing at
1: the end? What does she look like? at and the end? And then
0: it's it it's Sequence? like and then somebody else. You ladies come in and say, uh-huh. cut yourself some slack. Yeah. You know what what are you exactly?
2: Kind of feeling?
1: like. Yeah. Break me off slump. a piece let's of that Kit Kat bar type yeah, of let's feeling. let's break this let's down. break it
2: down. Yeah. That's what your friends are for. The friends are the slump removal right now. Come on. Um, <laughs> I think so. You're nailing it,
1: Emily. That's exactly it. <laughs> See, you
2: need friends that'll tell you you're in a slump. That's important, right? Yes. And then to be the boss of you and say, mm-hmm. hey, here's something you should try. Or I know you like this, so let's pursue that. Whatever, you know. Or let's just go eat pizza.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. and then you have so, that friend that's like, it'll yeah, probably pass. For sure. And see. So what does this mean for someone who has to perform at a high level every day while millions of people are watching, you know, like with sports ball? So I have Chris Stankovich, who's a PhD, a professional clinical counselor, and founder of Advanced Human Performance Systems. This is all a fancy way, really, of saying that he works in performance centers to help people get out of slumps, specifically athletic slumps. Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. So, you know, this is an interesting idea. I am not super familiar with sports or sports ball, as I like to call it. (laughs) (laughs) Although I I respect the play of the game very much. But I think performance enhancement, I mean, performance enhancement is what everyone is really looking for in one way or another. So this idea of a sports slump is really interesting to me. For those who are not familiar with what that is, in a couple of sentences, what's a a sports slump? Yeah,
3: well, I think um, anyone who's ever participated in sports or even if you're a fan of sports, you've inevitably heard that term or used Mm -hmm. that term. And For me, uh, I like to use real basic layman definitions uh, whenever possible. So, for example, when we look at slumps, it's not a slump if you're trying to reach a level in sports or in life that you've never reached before. Okay. That's still aspirational, right? But it would be considered a slump if you've previously established a benchmark again whether it's sports or life and you're struggling to reach that benchmark yeah. again and there's no other reason. So for example, if you're an athlete it would be understandable if your performance were below average, if you were working on rehabilitating a, a torn ACL. Okay. If you don't have any recognizable mm-hmm. injuries and you're just struggling to perform at the level that you are capable of performing, then I call that a slump and you know, try to speak in frank terms about why it's occurring and, and what are some simple steps that you can do to kind of remedy or improve your condition.
0: I think all of us can relate to that feeling of, yeah, I should mm-hmm. be sort of doing better. My benchmark, my personal benchmark, yeah. And, and it's not because I'm recovering from a surgery or a major mm-hmm. life event. It's just, it just happened. So when you talk to people, how do you get them out of their slump?
3: Well, you know, one of the first things we do is we try to look at the stress that you're experiencing. And a lot of people don't fully realize that stress can be both good and bad. So, for example, we tend to look at distress, um, you know, losing a job or having financial troubles or dealing with an injury. But there's also uh, recognized in, in the psychology world a good stress called eustress. And, hmm. for example, preparing for the holidays is stressful for a lot of us. But at the end of the day, it's a good stress. Um, you know, we want to see our family and friends and spend time together, but it can be stressful, especially Mm -hmm. if you put off shopping until the last minute. And so, you know, first I try to help people understand the nature of their stress. And then even in the ways that we frame our future uh, goals, you know, I just uh, put out a blog recently uh, and I write on this a lot, the difference between perfectionism and excellence. Mm -hmm. And we find a lot of times that people will try to be perfect in their goal setting and perfect in their thinking and behaviors. And when we really step back, we know that that's unrealistic. All of us in, in this world will deal with stress, adversity, frustration, and failure. So it's better to strive for excellence because that allows you to deal with those hurdles that you will inevitably face. But when we have that perfectionistic um, mindset, it's either perfect or it's a failure. And so that's a, a real Tough way to go about life mm-hmm. versus you know striving to be your best on a daily basis. Do you
0: recommend to some people just to wait it out? Well,
3: I'm not a big fan of just reacting to things. I, I try to get the clients and people I work with to be proactive in their problem solving. Um, you know, to look at themselves objectively. Uh, to examine realistic future paths forward that allow for positive growth. Mm -hmm. So I am uh, big into those kinds of steps versus just sitting back and and hoping and waiting. I think the more you get engaged with your process, you inevitably start to reach some some short-term goals. That builds confidence. The more confident we feel, the less anxiety we experience. Mm -hmm. So they all kind of fall like dominoes. So there's really a a strategic process that I like to engage with with my clients, and and I try to uh, disseminate that through my writings.
0: You've also written how slumps are just inevitable, right, but that they don't have to last very long. So when you meet with somebody, how do you—give us a little bit of an example of how you walk them through, uh, you know, this approach to slumps so that you can cut down on the time that you have to—
3: Sure. Well, again, you know, I like to speak very frankly with Mm -hmm. my clients and and life is peaks and valleys, ups and downs, and you have to be prepared for those moments that that are going to be challenging. So, for example, we cannot always prepare or predict for some of the things that will happen in our future. You know, gosh, God forbid if you get a phone call this week and a family member's ill, you couldn't have predicted that. It happens. But there are, ironically, many things that we can accurately predict. So I guess one one example that I would say where people can kind of be proactive in the process is by using a technique psychologists talk about stress inoculation. And it's simply looking at the future, at things you already know are going to occur, and preparing for those moments. So, for example, uh, a college student knows the first week of classes that 15 weeks from now they're going to be taking final exams. That's just one example. You know that's coming up, so you know that's also going to likely be a stressful period. How do you now in weeks two, three, five, eight, nine, ten, how do you start chipping away at some of that ahead of time? So for example, you want to get some of those papers done earlier or communicate with those professors ahead of time. Instead of letting it all pile up and then it happens finals week, and, you know you feel like you're turned upside down. So I think we can all find places in our life. life right now. Uh, you know I want your listeners to think in the next couple of weeks, month in front of them, what are some likely stressful experiences that are on their radar, and how can they start to prepare for that now rather than waiting for yeah, than just reacting to it and hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, kind of uh, giving a gift to your future self, right? To be a little bit right. more emotionally prepared even. And, and, you know, we started this conversation with sort of an idea of performance enhancement. You know, how mm-hmm. can we be the best that we can? And I really appreciate you bringing in this idea of how you can get through different sort of peaks and valleys. Just, you know, mm-hmm. keeping a bigger perspective. And I'm struck with your real commitment to, like, good habits and not just being afraid, but just being curious of why we think the way that we do. And I do feel like that these kinds of slump moments are inevitable and some people get stuck in a rut and others just use it as a time to sort of regroup. What do you think is Mm -hmm. the difference between the two groups? What's that tipping point?
3: Well, I don't know that I'm going to answer directly, but maybe indirectly. I think that one variable that we often see at the crux of performance enhancement or slumps, just this conversation that we're having in this moment, is how one deals with fear. And it's really interesting because even fear, the construct of fear, can be broken into um, two pieces. You have Real fear, when you are truly in harm's way, of course you should be afraid and react appropriately. But most of the time, the fear that we deal with in life is irrational, and that applies to slumps, where we start to, you know, cliche, make mountains out of molehills. Uh, we've had a tough couple days, tough week or two at work, and pretty soon we have this really growing, dramatic, irrational fear, what will people think of us, and, you know, will I be viewed as competent, and all these things, when in reality usually none of those things are happening. People are so busy in their own lives, they're not really paying that close of attention to you, but we build these things up so big. And so, you know, I try to help people understand that even irrational fear, even the fear that really doesn't make a lot of logical sense, still acts on your mind and body exactly in the same ways as real fear. So whether you are in harm's way or you're worried about your ego being bruised, We react with anxiety, our heart races, our breathing becomes shallow, our muscles become tense and tight. And in the sports world, it's very difficult to perform athletic movements when you feel that way. But also in life, to your bigger point today, it's also difficult to lead a work team or to give a speech at work or to complete a business transaction if you're consumed with irrational fear. So
0: great. We really appreciate this conversation. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you. Now, I don't know what this kind of irrational fear is like on the basketball court, (laughs) but I have performed enough to know what that kind of irrational fear is like on a stage or working on a creative project where you have time to think about it and mull it over before you present it to the world. So I wanted to talk to my friend, Caitlin, who is a painter about this creative process and how you deal with it when you find yourself in a slump. So, tell me about a time where you felt either professionally or personally in a slump and how you got out of it.
5: Um, just cry mm-hmm. <laughs> just <laughs> uh, <laughs> doubt <laughs> doubt everything. Wonder about my reason for existing. And then after you work through all the feelings of fear and panic, (laughs) you just gather up all the little pieces of yourself on the floor and you put them back together and then you just keep going.
4: (laughs) For more
0: motivational speaking, check out Caitlin Conley at... Because it's like I want to laugh, but I also want to cry a little bit because I relate to it so well. But so here's the piece I want to pick up from that is those little tiny pieces of the floor. I'm an imposter. I can't do this. What am I doing? Why do I even exist? What's happening? How do you like work through that and pick that up or
5: find the the motivation to do it? I mean, see now that because you know I said that we're my husband and I were rewatching Harry Potter. We do it every few years. We rewatch all of them, but there's that part where the phoenix bird you know um like bursts into flames and Mm -hmm. harry was like there was nothing i could do and dumbledore's like oh it's about time but anyway um you know and so the bird just like bursts into flames and then but then it it, you know it the little chick bird phoenix bird comes out of the ashes you know and and then it starts over again but i do think i think the experience of what do you call it the slump you know the experience of Uh, feeling like you maybe hit the end of something or you come to some kind of stop or you feel kind of stuck or something I do think is an opportunity for rebirth. And I think, I don't know, I I guess, see, now I'm just kind of thinking through it, but I feel like sometimes we kind of create these little shells around ourselves where we we like to know what we are. So, you know, a sense of identity or a sense of purpose or, you know, whether it's like, oh, I make this kind of art or I sing this kind of music or I, you know, whatever. We create this little system. And I think, I think though, breaking down into a lot of little pieces, um, I do actually think has its purpose. Um, and it's really vulnerable, right? Because if you're broken down, then you no longer have, like, your form of self or your exterior or your shell. And so I think it gives you an opportunity to feel, I guess, vulnerable and exposed again And in that, an opportunity to rebuild and say, if I am rebuilding, then how do I want to rebuild and what would that look like? And I don't know, just kind of gives you an opportunity for reflection and, you know, to see where you have been and where you're going. So I don't know. I guess I, I do feel like, I mean, it'd be nice if everything was just like a smooth ride. But I think that hitting moments of feelings of failure or whatever it is, I do think those are really important. And I think it's a good reminder, too. It's like the moon cycles, you know. Oh, yeah. Like just remembering it's OK to go dark and it's OK to turn inward and it's OK to rest. You know, take, you know, I mean, I, I joke about climbing into bed, but I guess there is a little bit of fear or shame about like resting, you know. But when you do get those moments like, yeah, do, you know, if you need to take an extra nap for a couple of days, like do it. I don't know. Give yourself some time to turn inward, to reflect, not to beat yourself up, but just to kind of be honest with yourself and. Be still and listen and kind of figure out how to regroup and regather, I think. Because you are a
0: professional creative Uh (laughs) and it's so tied to what you do for a living, when you get together with other artists, whether they're visual artists or musicians or whatever, do you guys talk about getting into slumps? And and if so— what kind of language do you use when you talk about it? How, do you give each other pep talks, or do you just <laughs> sort of acknowledge it, or do you ignore it?
5: You know, I feel like right now I don't hang out with that many other creatives. I'm, I'm just, I don't know, like not that cool. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mostly, I like see my my kids and my nanny, and I'm just not very... <laughs> your most important relationships. <laughs> yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah, I'm just not super social. It sounds really fun. Um. But when you say that, what comes to my mind is, you know, over the past, you know, two years with the pandemic and everything, I feel like years ago it was kind of like, oh, what kind of, you know, place do you tap into to make art, to be creative? And now it just feels like it's that same place that we are all tapping into right now. Like maybe I feel like I've always tapped into this kind of raw, emotional, honest vulnerable space, mm-hmm. but now I'm like, like it or not, we're all there right now. Um, I think that's really hard, and I guess maybe some mercy in that is that it feels like we're able to speak a similar language. Oh, well, I'd never thought of it that way. That Yeah, it kind of bonds us together. Yeah. There is the
0: eternal optimist in me that's like, and mm. we'll all come out of it together. Right. We'll get out of this slump together, right. and we'll have a Bigger appreciation for each other and mm-hmm. for our creative pursuits and our relationships, but you know, again, that sort of speaks to my. I just need it to be optimistic. Do you feel optimistic that that this is something like collectively that, uh, as a slump that that we will conquer? And what do you think that will look like?
5: I've kind of always been, I guess, like what a little masochistic that I, I <laughs> somehow like am drawn to a little bit of pain and suffering. So I think there's some part of this that has felt a little validating to me of like, oh yeah, I'm not the only one that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Right. Well, there is um, a lot of that in connect. <laughs> feeling connected. Yeah, and I and I think you know when you talk about coming out on the other side, I think I don't know what is it. It's like the feeling of I say I'm using a sports analogy, which is really dumb because I don't don't really do sports. I but know anyway, you and I love sports. I know ball. we're yes. we're like go team, go
0: team, <laughs> win the game.
5: Yeah. So. um but it just makes me think probably that feeling of winning a game is because you you know you struggle and you fight and you mm-hmm. you put all this energy and and aggression assertion into that doing that together so i think we will come out of it i don't know what that looks like i don't think it'll it'll ever be the same as it was before and i and i am glad about that i think there's so many important conversations about equality and love that have happened that you can't fabricate any other way except through going through trial so I think the feeling on the other side, I I think, has the opportunity to bring a sense of um, unity and bring us closer together because we can speak a new language that we didn't speak before, you know? Mm-hmm. Like we can all say, remember that thing we went through together? And everyone goes, yeah. yeah, you know? Yeah. And I never thought about this before either, but I'm guessing that like, you know, it's like my great— it would be my great grandma that was the main person that went through the Great Depression. Like mm-hmm. th- there probably was that sense of, you know, they're all looking at each other like, remember that. You know, like there probably was that thing that bound them together that – anyway, I think sometimes the COVID thing is like the great emotional depression. Yeah, I think I think it does have the opportunity to bring everyone a little bit closer and probably also push us farther apart. So I think it's probably how we're able to work through the pain that, that offers us the outcome that we might – benefit from
0: When you are in a creative slump do you always recognize it and if so how can you tell
5: You know to be honest I don't I don't know if I've ever like been in a creative slump I I only say that just because I think I've just come to understand that a lot of creativity is just kind of this collaboration with the unknown that I'm not in control of do you it know seems what I mean? like you embrace that and i yeah, I, I, and i think that there's something really
0: significant about that
5: um i think i've just learned that i'm not in control of it but that i can still show up um i mean early on it's the malcolm gladwell thing where you say you know it takes what is it 10,000 hours or something oh, yeah. but what uh, my husband and i would always just say is you just put in your hours it's all you can do and then you surrender the outcome yeah because i think it's a principle of like work i, yes. I feel like you avoid it or prevent it because
0: you don't analyze it. Like, you don't yeah. hurry and go, oh, wait, is this good or not? You're like, no, you got to put in the work. you got to put in the hours. And, and your husband, who's also very creative and it, as a musician, yeah. seems like he does it as well.
5: Yeah. You know, I, I think I just try to embrace more of like a circular energy than a linear energy. The linear energy is more of a masculine energy where you say, this is where I'm going. This is how I'm going to get there. It's very much like I'm in control of what I want and I know how I'm going to get it, mm-hmm. you know? Where the feminine energy is more of the moon cycles where you say, you know, there's a season for work, there's a season for rest, you know. And so I think there's the desire to maybe go into, you know, if you're it's a season of rest or like a, a new moon or something, then you say, oh, no, I'm in a slump. I don't think that's true. It's just, you know, that you've put in a lot of work and maybe the elements need you to rest or maybe your body needs to rest or, you know, but – um And sometimes when you put in your hours, it's like, oh, yeah, I went on a walk today and those were my hours because I observed nature. You know, it's I think it's just trying to really have a different relationship with what does it mean to work? What does it mean to get results? You know, because I feel like you could say, you know, a slump would be like, you know, if you plant a bunch of trees and one of them doesn't produce fruit, you're like, oh, I, it's a creative slump, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, I, I don't know, you know. <laughs>
0: Nature has a creative slump. Good job. Yeah.
5: yeah. <laughs> uh, my, my brain always goes in tangents, so sorry, but like I listened to this podcast, I was just getting really nerdy about like queen bees and I was all like, into it. And, and they're talking about how there's this service where you can send your queen bee in and then they like dissect it and figure out what's going on, like why that your hive isn't making honey or whatever. Anyway, point is, but you you lose your queen in the process. Yeah, I was gonna say anyway, I yeah. yeah, they die. So you, just, you just <laughs> sacrifice the per exactly herb. once again. Uh, women pay the price. And turns out, <laughs> the one of the main points they made of this podcast is that you know a lot of times when the honey isn't sweet, they think, oh, it's it's probably my queen bee turns out it's like there's so many factors right is it the you know for, when you go to the tree analogy is it the soil is it the air mm-hmm. is it the pollution is it the water is it there's so many factors that go in so to look at a specific outcome and name it you know as a, as a i guess the slump has the idea of being a a bad, a bad thing right where it's all just a process of growth You know, and whether or not you're getting the fruits that you want at the time you want them, I think, is often out of your control. Um, I think of times where I I did try to control that or say, okay, no matter what, I'm I'm putting on this, you know, I'm putting on this art show at this time. I'm calling it this. You know, I wrap it all together. And so there's things that you can control. And I think that's that's great. Um, but then I think also that's taught me other things that I can't control. And it's just a constant balance of trying to figure out how to hold both at the same time to try to get the outcome that you hope for. But then still having enough humility to realize that you're not still even in control, even when you think you're in control. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's a, a very uh, anxious feeling for a lot of us. Oh, right? yeah. <laughs> 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 <You're>
1: like, <"Wee!" laughs> <laughs> I just always say, I'm trying really hard. <laughs> yeah. you know this is what I
5: do. I try real
1: hard. <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> Yay, let's do it again. You should <laughs> pretend it's like a roller coaster ride that's fun. Except yeah. now now that I've had two kids ever since I had kids, I feel like nauseous randomly, like all the time. Oh, right? What yes. the heck? It's like one of those little, one of those little round things that you know, round ride at a uh, you know corn bellies oh, for like no, five year olds. Spin. I said I can't spin
0: and I can't swing anymore, kids. Uh, yes. Like even a swing, uh, a yes. park swing. I'll go. Whoa! <laughs> I gotta get on this ride. My kids look at me like, what is your deal? I don't know what happened. I think something jiggled uh-huh. in my head. Yeah, I'm not like kidding. The a, a like baby in, in your body jiggled
5: yep. something. Yep. And it, it you know disconnected it your whole body. Yep. That's a, that's my scientific theory. Uh, well, I think that's accurate. Thank I, you. I, we don't have to ask a doctor to explain that no. any further. Silly scientists. Moms know.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
5: so you're oh nauseous a lot. So, so that's fun. I'm <laughs> nauseous and yeah. Anyway, how did we get there? Point being, you know, I was on the ride for one second, and I was like, "When does this thing end?" And the 13 year old was like. In two minutes. I was like, (laughs) stop the ride. (laughs) But why why did we start talking about, oh, just life is out of control. It's a metaphor metaphor for life. You You just think uh, I should be having fun. You can say (laughs) I should be having fun. Then you're in the middle of it. and You're like, this is the opposite (laughs) of fun. This is
0: not fun. It was at one time fun. Now it is not. Yeah.
5: So to drive the metaphor home, what we're saying is once you get old enough, (laughs) you step into even a realm of, you know, of maturity, such as motherhood, you start to realize life is not fun. Mm -hmm. Everything makes you nauseous. Yeah. And you just want to go home and take a nap.
0: Yeah, so leave us alone.
5: Yeah. I think
0: this metaphor is actually very beautiful. I think
5: that summarizes 2022 (laughs) pretty well. And I think we've talked thoroughly about slumps. (laughs) We've talked about it. Let's go get a soda. Amen. (laughs) 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 Glug, 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 glug.
1: I love it.
0: you pick up things along the way of just living life and experiencing them. You know what I mean? And I'm sure that you had certain expectations about how you would live your life. And what have you learned in the last 10 years, say, about us living in a slump or living through it that you maybe didn't know before?
5: (sighs) That being a mom is really hard. (laughs) I don't know i I you know my I have twin boys they are four, and motherhood has just been the hardest thing I've ever done, and I say I say, you know, when I say, what's the thing you've learned in ten years I say Motherhood is hard, I mean that in the space of a stewardship taking on a responsibility or a stewardship that's like life altering that, you know, has just pushed me harder than I than I ever thought I would get pushed. And it's taught me I can do harder things than I ever thought I possibly could. But um man, it's been really hard. Yeah. For more motivational <laughs> thoughts, visit com. Did we, I think I got you the sound bite you were looking for.
0: So, you know, I do, I just want to validate you. I, you know, you are starting, I don't want to say starting because you've been doing it for four years. Your, your twins are, are four. Um, my oldest is turning 24 this wow, year. Wow, look at that. Let's look at that. My baby just turned 14 wow. and I feel mm. like, uh, you know, there's a bunch in between. And it is hard it is hard and it's and i think like as moms we're playing the long game right yeah. like we're playing the long game and i feel like especially when we talk around this space of like being in a slump or not feeling like what you do either matters or mm-hmm. is making any difference or you just feel blah or uninspired or whatever and applying it to motherhood is is um, just trying to keep that and spark that joy of, you know, sort of the love and the passion that you have for like your kids and, and what they're doing and kind of rediscovering that. And maybe, and it's going to have to be different at different stages, like you were saying, different stages of your life. And because you're different and then your kids are different too. I think that's what is so hard is, is they, they change and you change and you're both Mm -hmm. changing in different ways. And then you're trying to orbit around each other and, and continue to grow and strengthen a relationship. And it's, and it's tricky.
5: Yeah. You know, and I think the idea of creative slumps, like, I don't know. I feel like I felt more creative slumps in, in being a mother than I did, even did as an artist, to be honest. Um, really? Yeah. I think um, the beautiful thing for me with art is that there is a lot more that is in my control, even though we talked about how much is not in my control. Uh-huh. But other human beings, oof, yeah, right. I mean, it's not in my control. Not even a little. Not even a little, I know. you know. And— I mean, maybe a little, but a little. <laughs> no more than that. <laughs> no yeah. more than that, you know. <laughs>
0: Not as much as I had thought. Yeah, to be honest.
5: And so you know, and I had infertility, so I spent years where I got, I was an artist, and and I really love being creative, and I and I like thinking about parenthood or a marriage or a partnership as a creative endeavor. You know, it's like a beautiful thing that you get to create all these things and um the creative aspect of of motherhood i would say is is has been a lot more challenging for me than um, making art because so much more of it is out of my control and there's so much more to surrender um and i think with with painting or things like that i can have these immediate um results you know these immediate tangible things that feel evidence of um what i you know wrestled with or Or whatever. And, you know, at the end of a long day with parenting, you're just like, and those little beeps (laughs) just messed up the whole house and messed up my brain and my heart. And now I just have to try to go to bed and sleep long enough to recover to do it all over again. (laughs) you know. So um, it's, yeah, it's really hard. So, you know, I don't know. Have me back and next time we'll try to figure out. I felt all wise today, but now I feel sufficiently humbled. So maybe next time we can figure out how to get out of a parenting slump because I don't know. You can teach me. Yeah,
0: no, I don't know. <laughs> We're playing the long game is my only advice. We're playing the long game. That's and right. I do appreciate you being really honest and vulnerable about this situation and laying it out. The Lisa Show is a production of BYU Radio. This week, our show was produced by Lisa Valentine Clark, Richie T. Stedman, and McKay Menden with help from Alex Tumalit and Michael Combs. Special thanks to Dr. Chris Stankovich. You can check out his work at drstankovich.com. Next week on the show, why it might take moving to Costa Rica to save a
4: marriage. We got to this point where I felt like my wife was giving all of the best of her to her job and our baby and I were getting the leftovers. And how do you say that to somebody that you love, who you also know is really suffering? Cause I don't want to hurt her and I don't want to make things worse, but at the same time, if things keep going, I'm worried about the future of her and of our relationship. Like what's going to happen.
0: Leave us a rating review and subscribe. So you don't miss a thing.